Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to StageCraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to the actor and producer Namdi Asamoah. Now making his Broadway debut in the Roundabout Theatre Company's revival of A Soldier's Play, Asamoah is already making his mark on show business after a career switch in 2013, when he finished off more than a decade as a pro football player for teams including the Oakland Raiders, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the San Francisco 49ers. Since his retirement from the NFL, he's produced and acted in the acclaimed film Crown Heights, appeared off-Broadway in the play Good Grief, and acted in a new movie, Sylvie's Love, premiering this month at the Sundance Film Festival. As Soldier's Play gears up for its January 21st opening, Asamoah is in the studio with me to talk Friday Night Lights, how the color purple turned him on to theater, and the moment he discovered that sometimes acting can be just like football. Hi, Namdi. Thanks for hey, being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I wanted to start off talking about uh, your career transition, because as... As I feel I learned from every high school movie I've ever seen, the jocks don't hang out with the theater nerds. And so how, how, how did that even happen? Yeah, I, I, I would say that that is a misconception. <laughs> I think very much, um, you know, athletes would love to be in the arts. They may not say it because of this age-old sort of, you know, the jocks don't hang out with the theater folks. But, I, you know, it's a misconception. I did, I, when I was playing, I, I was in an episode of Friday Night Lights, you know, and I'll never right. forget going back into the locker room. And, you know, the thought is, oh, the guys are going to get on you because you. Right. But everybody was like, how do I get in Friday Night Lights? <laughs> you know, what can I do to to get an episode in there? So it's, you know, it's a misconception. And so when did you, because I, I imagine every pro athlete has to realize that playing, being a pro player is not a you know a lifelong career and so you must have anticipated changing in some way what you did for a living when did you start to think it might be acting for you oh not until like very late in my um 11 year career i think yeah. my second year 
in the NFL was the moment where I knew, oh, you need to start looking for something else um, to do once this ends. Um, Did, and I had something happened in that second year. Or? Yeah, there were. You know, you see guys all the time have devastating injuries, and yeah. then that's the end of their career. And you know, the average they they tell you the average as much as they can that the average amount of years that uh, someone plays in the NFL is you know it's two years. And so oh, you God, get to I that. I didn't know that. It's, yeah, that it was that it. short. Wow. That's it. And so you get to that second year, and then all of this stuff starts to starts to play in your mind. And a buddy of mine actually was trying to make the team and you know I think his brother I believe was getting married and it was the off season when you kind of didn't have to be there but it was voluntary to be there you know mm-hmm. in, in quotes right. um and uh and you know one of the coaches told him you know if you if you leave for any portion of the week then that means that you don't care about the team you know and and still that level of fear in him right. missed his brother's wedding because of the voluntary workouts. And then it was like three months later that he got cut from the team anyway. Right. And right. so I was like, oh, you know, they don't, they don't play around here. So, <laughs> then, you know, so I started thinking at that point, right. you know, I better figure something out. But it wasn't acting. Sometime around 2009, you were in an episode of Friday Night Lights. How did, how did that happen if you weren't yet thinking about uh, pursuing acting full-time by that point? Well, I had done a Nike commercial, and um, the director of the Nike commercial, after we did the shoot, he came to my trailer and he said, look, I think you have a lot of talent. You know, I'm, I'm with athletes just about every week, and uh, there's something very natural about what you displayed on camera and I think when you're done playing you should really look into being an actor or going into this field and and I was like okay cool and and kind of just left it at that and then a couple months later he reached out again and he said look I want to put you in my show and uh it's called Friday Night Lights and I'd love for you to have an episode on there and I was and yeah this director turned out to be Peter Berg and the director was Peter Berg who I didn't no, you know, I didn't know anything about, I didn't really know much about this world at that time, let alone, you know, who Peter Berg was. But the moment I said his name to people, everyone started going crazy, like, you got to do it, you know. So I ended up doing it, and and uh, it was a, a wonderful experience. It's actually the episode that introduces Michael B. Jordan onto the show. Yeah, I play his, I play his parole officer. So every time I see him, I keep saying, hey, I, I put you in that show. You know what I mean? So it's, it's been great. Oh, I sort of assumed that you, actually you, because I haven't seen that episode. I assumed you played a football player, obviously, but I guess not. You would have been not high school age. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I was not one of the football players. I actually am not interested in playing a football player. You know what I mean? It's done it for so long. It's, yeah. yeah. And so you made the decision to to pursue acting and producing. And then how did you go about that? How does how does one make that transition? And how hard is it to get people on the entertainment industry side to take you seriously? Well, the second part of that question is, is a huge question. I, I think, um, so I had a lot of difficulty early on, still face a lot of difficulty with just people um, taking football out of their minds when I'd uh, come into act just because you know we have a uh, a reputation as athletes that we're 
you know, there's a there's a layer that you can't break through as an actor because you know a lot of times you finish a game and you really want to tell the press what's really going on in your mind, but you know I think the standard response is well you know we're going to go back and look at the film and and we'll get better for the next game or you know you'll say something like that uh, when in reality you want to start going crazy um, and so there is that. Uh, that thought that there is a barrier there that you can't break through. So um, a lot of times that wouldn't even get me in the door. You know, it was just like, oh, football. Or it would be a role that was like the guy that runs into the wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something like that. And I'm just like not interested in that. Um, so that's been difficult. And there was a period where um, I just reached out to like hundreds of directors and writers just – trying to see if they had anything that I could work on with them, even if it was a small role. And, um, you know, many of the directors and writers that you know, a lot that you don't know. And I got like two or three responses, and um, and that was it. I kind of gave up at that point. And then uh, it might have been a month later that the script for Crown Heights came around uh, and and that was the next film that I did. And even before that, you, um, you very per- fairly soon after you sort of retired from being a pro ball player for good, uh, you were a producer on uh, *Beast of No Nation*, the Netflix film. What? How did you think? Did you think that producing was going to be your thing if it wasn't going to be acting? How do you, how do you think of producing and acting sort of going together in terms of what you want to do? Well, I never thought of producing. You know, I was never in the. I didn't even think. It, it, my mind just never went there. It was always about, oh, let me be in front of the camera, not behind the camera. And then Beast of No Nation, I mean, that script came around. I, I It must have been two months after I retired. Uh, and I said I wanted to come on board and help produce it and help get it done. And then I was off to Ghana, you know, within months of retiring. And I was just in a world of sort of amazement and wonder that you could put a film together in this sort of way and I just fell in love with it fell in love with the idea really of just you know seeing people flourish and 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 sort of helping to make their dreams come true with their projects and you know doing whatever I can to support it and and so just that's where I think the producing bug came in and I've I've completely fallen in love with producing producing which I don't think people understand how difficult producing is. You know, it's 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 one of the more difficult things that you can do in this business if you want to get it right. You know, I think it's it's a, it's a very difficult one. And then producing and acting in the same project is also is even more difficult, I'd say. Well, I was going to say because you were a producer on Crown Heights, which you also appeared in, and you're a producer on uh, your new movie, which is uh, about to premiere at Sundance, Sylvia's Love. Uh, how do those two things fit together on the same project? It's tough, you know. I, uh, I, I'm a big advocate for people um, creating their own work, and and not, I, I always say if if you're not creating, you're waiting. And I keep telling people, create your own work, try to get your own stuff out there. But I also tell them it is extremely difficult, you know, and especially if you want it to be any good. Um, we did Crown Heights. We ended up going to the Sundance Film Festival and, and winning the Sundance Film Festival, which is such a big deal. Um, you know, you get they get thousands of 
of uh, uh, people that want their films in, and they only take about sixteen, and then we ended up going and winning, and it was a it it, it was a gratifying moment, and especially looking back at all the work that went into making it. Um, you know, you're producing, so you're you're acting in it, so like you'll finish your scene, and you know, director will say cut, and then. Ten seconds later, you're on the phone with like the casting director trying to cast an actor, and then you've got to go right back on to shoot your scene. And it's, you know, it's it's difficult. You know, it, it's uh, it's difficult. But I learn well in the fire, so I think I've I've started to develop those muscles a lot better. And at what point did you start to think to yourself that you were interested in exploring theater? Your first stage gig was a couple of years ago at the Vineyard in a play called Good Grief. Um, and, you know, now this is your, this is Soldier's Play as your second. Um, what made you interested in it and what are you getting from it? Um, well, that's another good question. I just think that there's so much life in theater, like real life. I'm, I'm very much into... Uh, things being in the moment and things being real um, and authentic. And I think the theater has that in ways that I never thought uh, were possible. I didn't think that, you know, obviously theater was not something that I looked at before. I think I told you the story about the color purple and, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and Wicked and those sorts of things and just being amazed that people could just, like an athlete, start at a at one point and go all the way through no redos no 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 chance to do it over and make something magical happen so i don't know theater for me i know there was a moment after i retired i, I went to I, w I was being honored at a, a game up in oakland and i was talking to one of my uh old former teammates who was still playing and i said you know i'm trying to find the next thing and nothing's really giving me uh, the same feeling that you have in football, you know, coming out and going through the tunnel and onto the field and, you know, 100,000 people screaming or booing or whatever they're doing. You know, it's just the energy that you just really feed off of. And he said, you know, I don't think you're ever going to find it. I think what you need to do is um, try to get as close to it as possible uh, and see what that does for you. And then i no joke, I think it was six weeks later, I was doing a reading of a play at the um, Circle in the Square Theater out here in New York. And I don't know if you've ever been uh, at that theater but or backstage at that theater, but there was a, a holding room where we were getting ready to come out. And it, it had a, an interesting sense of like, oh, it's almost time, you know, so there was a build. Then we all left that and we were walking through this thing that's sort of like a tunnel uh, yeah. before you get onto the stage. And then right before we got onto the stage, it was a reading. So we're all going to enter at the same time. So they announced us and we kind of, we, we were held up right before we went out. Then they announced us. Then the audience started cheering and we all sort of like ran onto the stage and did the work. And I'm telling you, it was such a, it was such an eerie feeling, you know, how close it was to what my life had been uh, for the last couple decades that I was like, oh, I think there's something in theater for me. You know, I think there's something in this this world that I can I can really be attracted to. 
let's talk a little bit about your current gig in theater, uh, uh, Soldier's Play. It um, it is directed by Kenny Leon, who we should say, I don't know if we've mentioned yet, that uh, your wife is Carrie Washington, who worked with Kenny on American Sun, both uh, on Broadway and on the Netflix adaptation. Um, is that how you got connected to that production? Yeah, I mean, uh, apparently, and you'd, you'd probably have to ask Kenny just to be completely on it, but, you know, what I'm told is that it was when Kenny and the casting director for uh, Soldier's Play came to see Good Grief uh, that they were like, you know, we 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 want him to be in our play if we get it going. You know, at some point, you know, hopefully yeah. somebody does the play. Um, uh, but you'd have to ask him. So I think that's where the whole connection came from. And, um, and yeah, it's been great actually working with Kenny just his he's just a very open director and a and a very uh he's a player f- friendly coach if i could <laughs> say it in that sort of way um he lets you bring your ideas to the table and then just starts to shape it in whatever way he can you know he doesn't overpower uh or or try to take too much control um away from the actor he says theater is the actor's medium which i think I, I'm sure that's a that's a quote that everyone says, but you know it's all new yeah. to me. <laughs> but you know, and I and I appreciate that. I've learned actually a lot of things in theater. Like I, we were doing Good Grief, and I was on the stage. I think we were in a a tech rehearsal, and I was talking to some of the folks, and I was like, "Hey, what's that scene in Macbeth when the guy?" And everybody's like, "No." <laughs> And I was like, what happened? They said, you can't say that. Everybody like ran off the stage and started saying the Hail Marys and different things. And I was just like, what is that? You know, so there I'm learning, you know, some of the some of the traits. I think you can't whistle, the but, really you know, all sorts things, of is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, the really important things that I'm I'm starting to learn. It's great. It's great. The thing that I love is just being able to start at something from ground zero and and humble yourself and become a student and just really learn and try to grow at it you know i i don't think i'm a i don't think i'm a fast learner by any means but i think i'm i think if anything there is a lot of patience in there and i think when i eventually get a thing i think you know it can turn out to be good. It could take two weeks. It could take two years. It could take 20 years. But, you know, I, I really do stay in it and, and try to make it work out. I'll have more with Namdi right after the break. And we're back talking to the actor and producer Namdi Asamoah. Soldier's Play is one of those plays that I feel like a lot of theater people have heard of but don't really get the opportunity to see very often. It was written in 1981, uh, won a lot of awards off-Broadway, in a production that starred Denzel Washington and Samuel L. Jackson, apparently. I I looked that up. Uh, But it's not a play that gets done very often anymore. I happen to have seen it in its last New York, major New York production, which I think was 2005. I mean, it was a long time ago. Um, So... Tell us about Soldier's Play and who you play in it. Yeah, also Adolf Caesar and, you know, I think David Allen Greer uh, came in with that first run at a certain point. Um, there's so many wonderful actors that were in it. Um, 
Jim Pickens from Grey's Anatomy. You know, it's just the 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 list is pretty insane when you start to look at it. Um, but yeah, it's so Soldiers Play. It's uh, it's such a complex story. You know, it take pla- takes place in 1944, an army barracks. Um, sergeant was murdered, and it's essentially a whodunit play. Um, uh, an African American captain is brought in to investigate the murder and find out, you know, who, who killed the sergeant. And so you go through from the top of the play to the end with some flashbacks, trying to figure out what happened and why it happened and, and who was responsible. And I think in the middle of that, you start dealing with some very universal issues such as, um, uh, fear and power and control and and race and class and uh, I think interracial issues and intraracial issues uh, at the same time so it's a really complex play but it's it's actually also pretty exciting do you find it was written in the or you know early 80s and is set in the 40s what in particular kind of speaks to what's happening today in your mind uh, I, a lot of it, you know, I, I still think that, you know, like I said, it's a, it is a very American story, but, but those same issues are as universal as they come. You know, you, you can look at someone else that's, you know, maybe these things aren't spoken out loud as much, but, you know, there is discrimination within your own race within your own culture within your own family you know there may be someone in your family that's that's uh darker than the others or someone in your family that's that might not have as much education as the others and certain people will look at them in in different ways and it's like how do you handle those dynamics when you are a unit um of people working together for a common purpose you know it's there's a lot of that and and so much more, I think, in this play that just speaks to today and speaks to, you know, any time in history. And who do you play in Soldier's Play and what do you connect with in him? Uh, so I play Private First Class Melvin Peterson. Um, he, uh, a lot of the guys in the barracks are privates, so he's just a step ahead of them. And that's just because he's been in the Army a little bit longer than them, maybe just a matter of months. Uh, but in this specific uh company he's the new guy on the block um these guys have been there for i don't know nine ten months and he's been there for about three weeks so he's trying to find his footing um trying to build relationships but also comes from a place where things are very strict and you know this is the army there's a certain way that you have to do things there's a certain way you move a certain way you speak and to watch how relaxed everyone is I think is very strange for him so he's trying to figure it out um, along the way and I think that speaks to me completely I mean this <laughs> this entire cast is I mean individually they've probably done 50 plays a piece you know at a, at a minimum and this being my second I'm still trying to find my footing trying to you know find my way around the barracks so to speak uh, and understand understand what this world is like um and uh yeah so that's there are but there are a lot of similarities and there are a lot of differences uh between me and peterson as well what are you finding what's what strikes you as sort of the biggest challenge of this role for you as you're as you're going at it um 
I I think the the biggest challenge is probably more of a an overall thing versus like a specific thing to Peterson and it's just being on stage in general is is a challenge in itself especially when you don't have a lot of experience doing it um getting out of your head you know not questioning what happens next or not not trying to get ahead of the play in any sort of way i mean all of those things for me are just things that i'm trying to buckle down on so i i go through challenges every single day in rehearsals just trying to trying to be as real and authentic and in the moment as possible I'm talking to you. You're still in rehearsals. You haven't quite begun performances yet for Soldiers Play. So far, does working on a Broadway show feel any different to the process of working on off-Broadway on something like Good Grief? Um, not... I mean, it, I mean, the plays are completely different. So I think that's the, the first thing. I think the idea of community is still the same. Um, the idea of people working together, uh, trying to trying to bring uh you know the best possible outcome to a project is exactly the same but i think because the plays are so different um and the directors are so different it just makes for a different experience uh, altogether does a cast feel at all like a but like being on a sports team to you yeah i think uh, without a doubt i think just that thing that i was speaking of to like you know, you you don't really know the people um, before you come into a project, before you go on to a team, uh, but you do know that there's a common purpose. You do know that you have to put, or the good ones put self on the back burner, and they work um, together for, you know, the betterment of the team for the project. Um there's all those similarities. It's 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 not about race. It's not about politics. It's not about religion. It's just about we are family, and we have to work together to find a way uh, uh, to make this work out. You know. So I think those similarities are really huge. Um, football being what I think the ultimate team sport. Um, I think kind of kind of. Um, trains you in that way to to understand that it's not about you uh it's about the whole you know it's about the 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 family so to speak is there any other carryover between the skills you built as a pro football player and an actor is there any sort of do they do they overlap at all um i think so i mean i played a specific position i played cornerback um and i i played for many years in a in a scheme called man to man so in that it's the it's the most difficult way to play the position in the nfl and basically what you do is you're face to face with someone else you have no clue what their next move is and you have to just react you know and be impulsive and it's all about reading body language and 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 sort of anticipating um and i think that very much that's a lot of acting you know that reactionary sort of thing of just let me understand this person's body language where they're going is this turning into an argument oh is this actually turning into the opposite of an argument you know is that where is this going and then let me go along with that you know it's not 
let me get ahead of it. It's let me react to it. So I think, I think I was lucky to that that was my position and and that scheme uh, was the scheme that I was in for so long in my career that it's helped with this transition because I think reading body language is a is is something that I've just learned over time. Do you, and you when you talked about sort of the early the shows that you started to see that really piqued your interest in theater, the original production of Color Purple and Wicked, those are musicals. Do you sing? Do you want to be in a musical? Um, I actually never thought of that, that those were musicals until you just said it. <laughs> but they they are. Um, the Color Purple, I, it was it was just a great experience, you know? And I, it, my sister was like, I want to see this. So I went with her. I didn't think I was going to be into it. I was completely into it, and then she and then she said she wanted to see Wicked, but we were in L.A. and she and Wicked was at the Pantages Theater in L.A. and she said, "I want to see this show called Wicked. Do you want to come?" I said, "Sure, I'll go with." You. And I was like, "Wait, what is this about?" And she's like, "It's the Wizard of Oz, but it's different." And then I was like, "Oh, that's actually very clever, you know, very creative." And so I just fell in love with it. I I actually never thought about the fact that those were were musicals. That's very interesting. But have you thought about being in a musical yourself? Absolutely not. No, I, I, I have not. And, and I will, jeez, uh, I don't think that I would ever be in a musical. I mean, I think you have to be able to, like, really sing. And re- that's a different level of acting that I, I don't know that I'm going to go down that, that road. Um, what is your favorite musical? Mine? Yes. Uh, I love a number of musicals. I my short answer is cabaret. I really love cabaret. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. what's yours? Um, I also love a lot of musicals. I'm going to be upset that I answer this because there will be ten more that pop into my head. But the I think when we were kids, my parents would play um, the Sound of Music a lot in our home, and so we started to learn and and we started to. Uh, to watch that so much that I think it just became a part of our experience growing up. So I would say The Sound of Music, probably, probably, but okay. I've got a few others. I don't know. But did you, as a kid, were you a performer at all as a kid before you started getting into acting as an adult? Did you, you know, do stuff in school plays or anything like that? Um, I did one play. So this is actually technically my third play that <laughs> I've ever pardon. done. Thank you. Um, in the fifth grade, I w- did A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, and I was Oberon in that. Yeah, the king. And uh, that was it. That was the extent of it. I mean, we had to, I say we had to, like our, our parents put us in, you know, we played all the instruments that you could possibly play and you know, you do the recitals and, uh, you know, they just would make us perform for people uh, just to show off that we could do something. You know what I mean? But it was never something that was interesting for me or that I actually wanted to do. And so now as you look ahead at uh, your professional, your career, what how do you see theater fitting into the other stuff you're doing, uh, you know, particularly the film stuff? Well, uh, theater just... I think has you know it's like what's the goal oh to become a stronger actor theater completely makes that happen you know you're just put in situations that you aren't put in in film and in television um where you just have to be on it and there is no time to go backwards and you know and you're breathing the same air as the audience and all all that type of stuff so it just 
I think it it makes you a stronger actor. Uh, I think it fits in as you know just as well as as film and and television. But again, this is early for me. I think you know as I continue to do it, there will be more reasons why um, I think theater is such a such an important uh, medium. But for now, I think it just brings life to everything that you're doing, and I think it makes you a stronger performer. And is there a play or a role that you really want to do on stage sometime? Uh, no, not in particular. There isn't one that I've I've thought of where I, I said I I have to do this. You know, I'm I'm like stuck in. Oh, I'm doing my first Broadway play. Let me sort of get through that moment and then figure out what's next. But no, I I, I don't think so. No. Well, uh, we look forward to seeing you in your first Broadway play and then in your next one after that. Thank you. Thank you, Namdi. Yes. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. That was Namdi Asamwa, now appearing in the Broadway revival of A Soldier's Play at the American Airlines Theater. He's also in the film Sylvie's Love, premiering this month at Sundance. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd be very grateful if you took the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or tell a friend about us. On next week's episode, I'm talking to Emmy winner and Broadway regular Laura Linney. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.